Hello and welcome to North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge. Joining me today, I have a Jer. Hello. And a Wheeler. Oh, okay. Reminder that North 100 is brought to you by you with your support of the Patreon over at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Welcome to part three of our Adventures in the Forgotten Realms set review. This is not an exhaustive set review. We only talk about the cards that we think are relevant to the format. Yeah, I mean, enough said. Turns out there's a lot of totally sweet cards. Oh yeah, also worth mentioning that we are including Commander Precons in this, If again, if a card catches our eye. Today, we're going to do gold and green, or even green and gold. Let's go in that order because it's more traditional. And let's jump in with Circle of the Dreams Druid. This is a 2-1 elf druid for green, 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 and has, I, I don't know if this ability is very good, uh, tap to add green for each creature you control? Uh, I don't know. Jared, what do you think? Yeah, it's okay, I guess. Like, it'll probably see play in druids and, and hoof elves. Why is it yep. an elf and a druid? That's the classic combination. Most druids are elves and most elves should be druids. Oh, I was mostly worried because they're two very powerful tribes, but that's a strong answer. Taking a hard stance against elf warriors. <laughs> the lesser of the two elf professions. Oh, okay. All right. All Classes. Right. So is this as busted as it looks? Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. You kind of have to have creatures in your deck in order to get it to tap for a bunch of mana or more than one mana. But I think you could do that. I think, yeah, I think you could do that. It's sort of similar to like Raphaelos and Elvish Archdruid and Priest of Titania. It's like it dies very easily, but if they don't kill it, you have a lot of mana. Yeah, it's it's like Lanawar Tribe, the three mana three three that taps to add three green. That one's also very good, except this one has it, it feels weird to say like sometimes tapping for just three mana isn't enough. But like, there's some really big spells, really big spells. And sometimes you need to tap for like six. All right. Well, fantastic. I think we started off pretty strong. Let's move to a more questionable card, which hurts me to say. Uh, let's talk about Druid class here. For one and a green, uh, enchantment class. And I think we've talked about some other ones through the set review. So I don't think we have to go through explaining how a class works. Level one ability. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. Level two ability for two and a green. You may play an additional land on each of your turns. And the level three ability, four and a green. When this class becomes level three, target land you control becomes a creature with haste and this creature's power and toughness are equal to the number of lands that you control. It's still a land. And I'll throw to myself for this. I like this. I, I actually like it too, quite a bit. It's, it's a little expensive for what you get. And I think the most important line of text here is actually the level one ability, not even the level two or level three ability is you gain one life every time a land enters the battlefield because that allows you to go infinite with fast bond. Yeah, and, and the ability to bump it up into an exploration mm. if you have some extra mana is pretty relevant as well because even before you're at the like combo you with fast bond stage, even just like going from one to two land drops or two to three land drops is a pretty big game. I do feel this is probably a pretty niche card outside of that archetype. You're not gonna play much anywhere else like the level three ability is cute and you're not really playing it for that it's it's really just the other two abilities any yeah. any interactions elsewhere i might not be thinking of here it's an enchantment i don't know if i like this in enchantress though right well and i i'm talking more like the land enchantress 
hybrid yeah, yeah, sort yeah, yeah. of deck. The the green white, you still play Primeval Titan for Depths combo or Sarah Sanctum sort of thing. But that's it, I think. <laughs> that's it. All right. Let's move on then to a planeswalker. Let's talk about Ellie Wick Tumblestrum. This is a four mana four loyalty planeswalker for two green green plus one ability venture into the dungeon. Minus two ability. Look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put them into your hand. If it's legendary, gain three life. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And the minus seven ability or the ultimate is you get an emblem with creatures you control have trample and haste and get plus two plus two for each different named dungeon that you've completed. JR, what do you think? I think you're going to have to wait and see like how how viable and how good venturing into the dungeon is in Highlander. Like this doesn't get into any of the like the the only thick place I could see this seeing play is in a good stuff deck. Like if this is good enough as as a as a good stuff card. And I think that largely will depend on how good the plus one ends up being. My my instinct is that it's not quite good enough. Like it has the sort of classic planeswalker problem of it doesn't actually defend itself very well yeah. unless that stage of the dungeon happens to impact the board, which in my estimation is is going to be a little too weak but it, it'll be interesting to see if it finds a more niche application all right let's move on to our next card here the frog hemoth huh this is a five mana four four frog horror for three green green has trample and haste and whenever it deals combat damage to a player exile up to that many target cards from their graveyard put a plus one plus one counter on frog hemoth for each creature exiled this way you gain one life for each non-creature card exiled this way. Back to you, Jer. What do you think? This looks like another five mana card that I'm going to kill Ben with a bunch. It's, it's really interesting comparing it to like <laughs> every time it deals damage, which it's going to deal damage a fair amount. I think haste lets you get the first hit in, then you make it as big as possible so they can't block it. And then you can exile their their graveyard in any combination you so choose. You're probably just exiling their graveyard every turn for the rest of the game at that point. I think the best part about this card is actually the haste thing that you talked about. And for yeah, a while, I don't think there are that many green threats with haste. No, the haste definitely makes it both in combination with the ability and just the fact that it's, yeah, sort of like, I like to think of creatures with haste as costing like half a mana less because like you do have to have that much mana, but you get to do things with it a turn earlier than you otherwise would. So yeah, especially in green, the, the mana cost is is less relevant than in other colors because green is more adept at accelerating out these these types of things. And yeah, it, it having haste is such a big game, being able to chunk a planeswalker, although then you don't get the ability, but still the threat is nice. Wheeler, as the person who said they are going to be on the receiving end of dying to this, any thoughts? I'm not too worried, Surge. Frog Hemoth <laughs> is a normal rare, and Jer usually kills me with five mana mythics. Oh! Um, so I think I get the... I, I think I'm a little bit safe, but I, you know, I mean... I wouldn't count count it out entirely like i'm i will i'll die to anything <laughs> i've killed you with wolf your silver heart before yeah the checklist of things i've lost to in this format that cost five or more is an embarrassing embarrassingly long 
and features some cards worse than Frog Hemoth. <laughs> cards worse than Frog Hemoth. That's all I need to say. <laughs> all right. Next up, Ochre Jelly. This is a 0 0 ooze for X and a green. Has trample, but it enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters. Then, when it dies, if it had two or more counters on it, create a token that's a copy of it at the beginning of the next end step. The token enters the battlefield with half that many plus one plus one counters. Rounded down. Wheeler. I think this card's not the worst if not even you know maybe i'd even call it good the fact that it scales up to whatever uh kind of mana you have to pump into it especially for ancient tomb and mana crypt kind of decks trample is a welcome addition to cards like this as well usually they just get really big and still get blocked by a one one this one gets really big and well tramples over that one one and then the death trigger is pretty interesting rounded down is a bit of a womp womp but what are you going to do especially because i mean there's so many other ways to get rid of a creature that isn't well die or killing it you know we got exile we got bounce we got all that jazz and the fact that it's a copy as well this leads to this there could be some neat scenarios involving i mean i guess we're not likely to run into too many things involving like mutate or whatnot but yeah I foresee this is a card I foresee killing uh, a lot of people with at varying sizes because really you just need like pumping in two mana is enough to at least get it to split and that's ancient two mana baby. Is there a specific archetype you see playing this in? Is this a mid-range card or specifically just like the counters deck? I mean I'm going to medium green with this. Mm. I'm going to thick green with this and then uh. <laughs> also the counters deck yeah for mm. sure. I can All see right. playing it in a tokens deck as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like again tramp that's so huge like if if a token the fact that it makes a token great the fact that your token deck also probably has like a gaius cradle so you mm. can be like all right what do you want to do pyroclasm my board or deal with my like seven seven trampling jelly next up we have the prosperous innkeeper this is a two mana one one halfling citizen for one and a green when it enters the battlefield create a treasure token and whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control you gain one life we I wouldn't have been, you know, too happy to play this card if it didn't make a treasure, but I still would. The things I do to play a Soul Warden, there's a lot. Like just a Soul Warden that costs two or less, I'll take any one you can give me. This one only triggers for your side, but that's okay. And in fact, having only one power can often be beneficial in the green-white Soul Warden deck, or even in the deck that I would like to try this out is like a, a Sandy B, like a Pattern Rector kind of combo-y deck. And part of that is because it also makes a treasure. And that is, it's funny how good adding just this like wily goblin, like just two mana, one, one that when it ETBs, you make a treasure. Just add just that ability attached to anything else with some amount of relevance leads to some pretty gross play patterns. Like you drop this on two. Yeah. Skipping two to four is absurd, right? Yeah. And especially in a deck like that as well, where, you know, you could cash in that treasure immediately and develop another mana dork you could uh use that treasure for path swords and lightning tutor worldly tutor you know any number of cards that decks that would want this kind of card will have access to to untap your pod <laughs> yeah <laughs> right like yeah yeah you could loop it in a revel art combo to make infinite treasure that's pretty huh. cool get wow. get life as well gain infinite life too yeah and even yeah. just in those decks like being able to like get control of the board with like a siege rhino or play rector a turn earlier is often a big game too 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A humble innkeeper actually bringing a lot to the table here. I like it. Yeah. And even if it dies, like, I mean, this sounds very like, ah, yes, Ben, I too read the card. But like, (laughs) importantly, if sometimes that extra bump in mana is all you need for those creature combo decks. And so even if this does die, you have that treasure hanging around. And that means you can drop your four or you can have an easy way to trigger revolt for, you know, a renegade rally or or some other key kind of like combo piece. Next up, we have the Ranger class, another enchantment class. This one costs one and a green. Level one, when it enters the battlefield, create a 2-2 wolf creature token. Level two for one and a green. Whenever you attack, put a plus one plus one counter on target attacking creature. And level three is three and a green. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast creature spells from the top of your library. Jer. This is one of the only classes that I'm I'm pretty excited about. The fact that you get something that impacts the board immediately. The next the level two is actually in my opinion the most the most powerful mode and the one you'll be looking to get to as soon as as soon as possible. Get, getting an enchantment with whenever you attack put a one one counter on target attacking creatures is pretty significant text and can drag you ahead very quickly and puts a real clock on your opponent. And then in long grindy games the ability to generate card advantage as well after you're you've gotten ahead on the board if your opponent manages to deal with that aspect of it it has a, a mode to get you ahead in the the card like the card advantage battle game or whatever well yeah exactly yeah this so this card sort of covers covers all the bases which is yeah seems great to me what kind of deck are you playing this in is this a mid-range or an aggro card i think i think sort of a bit of both like either like a more aggressive mid-range deck you're not going to play it in a like a like you're not going to play it in like a red green like super super low curve Mm. pump spell aggro deck it's not fast enough for that but i think if you're and if you're like sort of like a speed below that or a a pretty low to the ground mid-range deck you could you could slot this in and it could be used to some good effect could this be a tempo card i'm just thinking of the plus one plus one in a protect the president style beatdown deck i think the first two modes aren't strong enough for it to be a that's fair tempo card i think this this card isn't a very strong tempo play I'll, i'll say that yeah that's fair all right, next up, let's talk about Varus Silvery Moon Ranger. This is a three mana, three, three legendary human elf ranger for one green green, has reach and ward one. And whenever you cast a creature or planeswalker spell, venture into the dungeon. But this ability triggers only once each turn. And then whenever you complete a dungeon, create a two, two green wolf creature token. Jer. This card's pretty good. It's another one of the sort of venture into the dungeon, the dungeon oriented cards cards that I'm I'm interested in because it both has a payoff and and an engine to accomplish that goal and it's just a reasonable reasonable body like 3-3 reach ward one people will forget both of those keyword abilities I guarantee it someone will attack a flyer into this and someone will tap out to try to kill this or something else or I guess this and it it won't work very well and then it's just going to get you value for for sitting in play so it doesn't even need to be entering combat and then it gets you a nice boost whenever you get through a dungeon so you're sort of incentive to go for the the smaller ones first i guess but yeah i I think this card is is reasonable probably not quite good enough once again it sort of depends how good venturing into the dungeon ends up being but i i suspect it isn't quite good enough for like the i only play the best card mid-range decks but you could play it in like a humans deck an elf deck there's no ranger decks yet sadly but (laughs) yeah i think i think you sort of need need to it needs to give you a bit more than just the text on the card like Mm. 
But yeah, it's it's a really interesting and, and good design, I think. Next up, Werewolf Pack Leader. This is a two mana 3-3. Three, three. Good start for green green. It's a human werewolf and has an ability. Whenever Werewolf Pack Leader attacks, if you attacked with creatures with total power six or greater, draw a card. And then activated ability three and a green until end of turn. Base power and toughness becomes 5-3, grains trample, and loses human. Wheeler. I think... There are some players in this format that would play this card if it was just a two mana three three and call it a day. And you'd be one of them. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, density. I love. I love density more than more than most. I, give me, give me whatever you got. Whatever happened to good old Garrick's companion? You know, I'm a big fan of the like two mana three three green white dot deck. It's it's not bad. I I got so excited when they made uh, terrain elemental, which was. <laughs> the first two mana three two in mm. green that didn't require green green it was like this is great you could have mistress factory and a mox emerald on turn one and you're not punished so yeah the bar's pretty low for cheap green things that are you know above cost but this one also just has more words on it and those words are pretty good the fact that it's got a mana sink that allows it to gain trample is uh fine and dandy the fact that when you use that mana sink uh you probably don't have any anything too big going on you might have some other mana dorks kicking around which means you know i don't think it's that far-fetched to say that you might have another creature with one power in play and if you don't you might have a mana dork that has exalted one of the two and that means that with that one power exalted plus the five three stat line that hits six and if you attack with six or more <laughs> creature with six or more power you get to draw a card so it doesn't take a lot for the first ability to get online and like sure if you're playing a two mana three three you're probably playing another two mana three three yeah, in your yeah deck. no yeah yeah so getting this going to draw cards is pretty easy and if you don't have the easy out and you're just also just kind of flooding and needs something to do with your mana why not give it trample and you know also probably draw some cards there's like several worlds in which you're already drawing a card with this on turn three yeah like, that's not even that unrealistic or even turn two i mean that might be a little that might be a little <laughs> But like, I don't know, like Jund Agro or yeah. like Beautiful Pig, right? Like if mm. you play this on turn one off a of Moxen draw yeah. and then turn three, you play any of the beep beep haste cards and there's a lot in Jund and there's yeah. a lot in just red green like or even or even black green now that i think about it you got the juice mm. this into the juice Ooh, that's a whole juice bar right there <laughs> my god everybody's drinking get a little shot of wheatgrass on the side oh yeah the where wheatgrass pack leader comes in clutch <laughs> All right. Oh, dear. And the last green card we're going to talk about today is Wild Shape. This is a one mana instant for a single green pip and says choose one. Until end of turn, target creature you control has base power and toughness, becomes that creature type, and gains that ability. It can become a 1-3 turtle with hexproof, a 1-5 spider with reach, or a 3-3 elephant with trample. Jer. All right. Now I'm going to tell you the, the journey I went on with this card. I looked at it. And I'm like, oh, this card sucks. And then I was like, eh, it can give hex 
hex proof so it can fog a removal spell like i guess that's fine now i was like oh i could see instances when trample is useful and then i thought about playing it in a deck with equipment and i'm like oh yeah it's only base power and toughness so you like equipment still works plus one plus one counters still work and then i remembered that there's a bunch of people who play three one blue flyers that kill yep. green decks pretty good and i could see using literally all of these modes and i started coming around on this card because <laughs> like hexproof great counters are removal spell trample great they muck, muck their chomp blocker reach great killer stupid clique <laughs> <laughs> all for one mana so i'm i'm actually pretty high on this card and i could see playing it as like i i back when uh blossoming defense was the only one mana hexproof card like before snakeskin veil and i determined that ranger's guile wasn't good enough i i used to play it in mid-range decks and just absolutely get people because mm. they're like what a, a like combat trick because i'd just use it for the plus two plus two mode and like i'd attack into them and be like oh it's gonna be a burn spell or something and then i just plus two plus two them and get them and i think you're going to be, be able to do that with this card a bunch it's just nobody's going to expect you to play it and that's going to give you more scenarios where you can leverage the the versatility it has let's go back in time here wheeler i'm going to describe a card and i need your help to figure it out okay i think it was a two mana two two green card that had an activated ability for single skin green shifter uh, dude. wow it's a, well that's a skin shifter is a two mana one one yeah, but I think that is the card. Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, plant rhino bird. Yeah, yeah. so human shaman, two mana, mm -hmm. one, one for one and a green. Choose one becomes a four, four rhino with trample, two, two bird with flying or a zero, eight plant. God, this card killed me. Everyone has died to that card. I I miss Skin Shifter Canlander. <laughs> right? I miss Skin Shifter Canlander. And and that was the thing. You'd, you'd sit down across from this card and you'd be like, I'm just going to die. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Wild Shape kind of reminds me of that, that flexibility. It's, it's a modal card that works the best case scenario for you right ben do you know what i immediately thought of you'll love this when skin when i saw a skin shifter for the first time i was like finally a two drop that doesn't die to ftk <laughs> that, that was our format at that point yeah. it's like you you needed things that didn't die to ftk that was canlander like yes finally i have a two drop that can survive ftk <laughs> My, I, my things don't die to one one spirit tokens it doesn't die to ftk i mean how do you beat it can't volcanic hammer it it was perfect all right let's move on to the gold cards and let's start with another class bard class so red and a green level one ability legendary creatures you control enter the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter for a green a red and a green you can go to level two and it says legendary spells you cast cost a red and a green less to cast this effect reduces only the amount of colored mana you may pay and for three a red and a green five in total you can level up to level three whenever you cast a legendary spell exile the top two cards of your library you may play them this turn now notably not for free but it is card draw wheeler what do you think i'm you know i'm emotionally invested in mox amber surge <laughs> i just want mox amber to live its best life <laughs> I think I, I check up on it. I'm like, how you doing? Are people respecting you? Because it's got game. It's got promise. And, you know, I think it recently it started to pick up and it's uh, it's always getting better. They I, I think the perfect storm of people being like, hey, wait a minute we should print commanders for commander you know 
legendary creatures. And then also being like, hey, wait a minute, this might be a cool way to push creatures to being powerful, but also not let people just flood the board because one questing beast is bad enough or one Ragavan is best, you know, enough, that kind of thing. So there's a bunch of good legendary cards out there, be them planeswalkers or creatures that are relatively cheap. And a lot of them tend to line up in red and green. I'm there, somewhere out there. There's a Naya Legends deck, like a lower to the ground, heavy on Moxon deck with a bunch of Naya Legends and Bard class is going to show up and do something fancy in that list to just basically pay for itself. And if you decide to, you can also try to do some weird combos with this card. Like, I'll admit it's a bit Doritos bold, but uh, you can do some stuff. I mean, Bergy exists. That's a pretty good one. I mean, that's really it. <laughs> now that I'm just saying it out loud. But yeah, Bergy's probably enough. So this is, there's enough floating around in the universe to give this a try. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I believe that there is now a a high enough density of red, green, and then X, X usually being white, legendary creatures that will have threats from one to four that are reasonable to play that you will want to just get that extra counter because that's a, honestly a pretty terrifying thing to happen. Like mm -hmm. it looks simple on the front, but like you start to realize that creatures have stat lines for a reason. <laughs> like cards are designed with certain power and toughness for a reason. And you can take advantage of the, yeah, the, the cost reduction. And then if you are in a deck with a bunch of Moxon, maybe you get up to the point where you're like, oh, I'll put this at level three and then just really start to pop off. All right. Next up, we have Brunor Battlehammer. This is a four mana, five, three legendary dwarf warrior for two, a red and a white and says each creature you control gets plus two plus O for each equipment attached to it. You may pay zero rather than pay the equip cost for the first equip ability you activate each turn. I think I'm in love. I mean, we've been talking about the red, white equipment deck and how it just keeps getting better and better. And then they gave us Brunor. I mean, if I'm emotionally invested in Mox Amber, Surge is absolutely emotionally invested in the well-being of Boros players and Commander. You know what? What do you mean Boros players and Commander? Slow down. No, slow no, down, no, slow. no. Here, I mean, this isn't an insult. The fact that you took it like that is a little upsetting. But what I'm trying to say is, is that they taught, they figured out that people really like equipment and they really like equipment in red, white and red, white. Mm. So you keep getting fed these equipment <laughs> cards in these colors that are supposed to be like okay tell you what if they get this in play they get to do uh, literally everything yeah right <laughs> like they, so that's what i'm saying that's all i'm saying is that you are you just happen to be at the same table as all these commander players looking for these boros equipment cards but you just ordered a salad and you got a full meal in front of you <laughs> so I do have one piece of bad news for Brunor Battlehammer, and I think that it's hammered in the final nail in the coffin of Jorkadine. I just I just don't think I have any reason anymore to play Jorkadine in the artifact deck, and that breaks my heart a little bit. I know Jer is gonna be there with me 
you know, the five mana legendary creature, the five mana legendary five drop. Oh, wait, that is a five drop. The finisher. I, I only play good five drops, sorry. Surge first going after commander players and now going after uh, mythic five drop. Is Jork indeed mythic? <laughs> it's only a rare. Surge, can you describe Jorkadine to the audience, please? For, for those of I'm shocked that this isn't just synonymous with other cards like, you know, Bolt and Ancestral. So Jorkadine, mm -hmm. the Prevailer, is a 5-mana five 5-4 five, legendary human warrior from New Phyrexia for a 3, a red and a white, has First Strike and Metalcraft. I mean, what name a mechanic or hand-in-hand -hand with the artifact decked in Metalcraft and says, creatures you control get plus 3 plus 0 oh, as long as you control three or more <laughs> artifacts. That, I'm sorry. What a finisher! I'm you sorry. play that on your board full of hover mirrors yeah. and and mem knights and ornithopters, and that's GG. Okay, well, I was about to congratulate you for such immense personal growth, shedding off hover mirror and Jorkadine over the past year or so. But like, I I, I agree with you. Jorkadine does kill people, and I think you're right that Brunor is probably just infinitely better. <laughs> a little different, but infinitely better. I also have some bad news for Brunor. Battlehammer. What's that? Uh, that's an axe. Like that's got. I think I'm like 99 percent <laughs> yeah. sure that's an axe. Yeah, that's a hand axe and a shield. Yeah, Battlehammer is not holding a Battlehammer. Oh man. Oh no. I don't know if they're ever gonna live this one down. Is this card even allowed if there's a flavor judge present? Like this has mm. got to be one of the bigger flavor fails I've not ever. Not in my event. Not in yeah. my event. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Like. I'm I'm no flavor scientist, but if I were. That's fair. All right. Well, let's move on to one of the commander cards. This is Catty Bree, the Mithril Hall. It's a two mana two two legendary human archer for a green and a white. Has first strike and reach because of course a two mana two two would have two keyword abilities. But there's more. Whenever it attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on it for each equipment attached to it. And then one and remove all plus one plus one counters. Deal X damage to target attacking or blocking creature and opponent controls where x is the number of counters removed this way jer what do you think this card's quite good two mana two two first strike reach already brick walls all of the early game creatures i can think of ignore the fact that we spent 10 minutes talking about two mana three threes earlier <laughs> but this pretty quickly becomes a two mana three three like throw a bone splitter on it or a skull clamp or something and then it gets a counter yeah i'm i'm pretty on board with this card like it's it's fine at its base value if you get to put an equipment on it it attacks very favorably into virtually everything and then it gets bigger so you either get to keep attacking if the race starts going bad you can pay one mana and turf one of their creatures that seems pretty good and it's two mana if i if i may be a flavor scientist for just a second here mm -hmm. can we applaud them for finally like this is an archer right oh like yeah this yeah, is yeah. this is yeah. this is like the perfect after years and years of, you know, characters with bows and arrows and being archers of some sort and just having whatever keyword they managed to find in the pantry. Uh, uh, vigilance and trample. What? Oh, oh, wait, reach. We forgot reach. <laughs> okay, but they hold... Okay, so they... But they have a lot of arrows and they always have stuff on them. So maybe equipment, but only reach while blocking equipment. Wait, how does that work? Also, they need to be able to deal damage to something from afar. And it's just like, we've seen them go through everything. And this does have, well, everything. But like, <laughs> it doesn't feel oppressive. And it doesn't feel like, you know, I'm rolling my eyes reading through everything that's on this card card it just is like oh yeah this is what this is great thank you 
cool. Great, great design, good card, but not going to like make me groan every time I see it. I'll be like, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm still probably going to die to this, but you know, it's <laughs> it's not opposition agents. So that's great yeah. for me. I love that for me. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about probably one of the most iconic characters in D&D lore, Drizzt Duerden. How'd I do with the pronunciation, by the way? I tried practicing. I think sure. you got it. Drizzt? Drizzt? This is a five mana, three, three legendary elf ranger for three a green and a white has double strike when it enters the battlefield create oh i didn't study this one i i think i was told that i got pretty close to nailing it just by assuming this was guinevere (laughs) (laughs) guinevere legendary 4-1 cat with trample and anyways whenever a creature dies if it had power greater than drizzt put a plus one plus one counter equal to the difference jr what do you think i think this card's quite good it counts with two very relevant bodies and it gets bigger and getting bigger with double strike is twice as good arguably more Ar- arguably more than twice as good yeah I, I think it's pretty good that being said it is a five drop that like it'll probably win you the game but it's not it's not verterous gear hulk it's not frog hemoth yeah. levels of win you the game like it's it's a cool card and like you can play it and it'll do reasonable things but it's like in our format five mana if you're investing five mana into a card it better be very good at winning the game and i think this card is only pretty good at winning you the game so. i can't really think of a green white deck that wants this five drop is the issue i mean you could put it into any <laughs> green white mid-range deck that would be fine <laughs> that's but. that's like this oh my god you don't understand green white no 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 no. did you two agree to do this like is surge just a plant in the audience for jer for this (laughs) this is the like but i don't have a green white mid-range deck that wants a five mana mythic (laughs) (laughs) it's only a regular rare ben if it was a mythic it would be a slam dunk (laughs) you gotta be really this card's only a regular i know it's really weird once again get the flavor flavor judge out like Your, like, iconic, most famous card is only a regular rare. Yeah, new rule. This card's a mythic. Uh, yeah, and to answer your question is asked, Wheeler, it's called playing the role of a host perfect. What What do you want? Do you not want softball questions? I can start giving you harder questions. I mean, I'll take a softball. Just don't put lotion on it, too. Like, <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Let's move on then. Next up, we have another class, the fighter class. Red and white, level one. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for an equipment card, reveal it, put it in your hand, and then shuffle. Okay. Level two, one, red, white. Equip abilities that you activate cost two less to cast, or pardon me, to activate. All right. And then next up, we have level three for five mana, three of red and a white. Whenever a creature you control attacks, up to one target creature blocks this combat if able. Now, we've been talking a lot about red, white equipment, and I've been talking a lot about red, white equipment, and I'm honestly a little medium on this card. So the, the the nearest comparison I have is Steel Shaper's Gift, which is a one white sorcery for putting equipment in your hand. This is no Stormforge Mystic. And as it is, I'm not often always even playing Steel Shaper's Gift. It really depends on the list. Sometimes I'd rather just have either another equipment or another creature rather than a sorcery that feels real bad as a top deck. But then again, you know, every equipment feels terrible as a top deck. The equip activated abilities costing two less is really 
certainly not all that relevant. And I think we've touched on this a little bit when we were reviewing some of the white equipment that we didn't talk about, uh, in particular plate armor, which people were shocked that we didn't want to talk about, which is normally you want one equipment and your creature, may maybe two, probably not two, but you're never going to have such a density of equipments on the board that you're going to Voltron uh, move equipment enough back and forth to really ever pay off the cost for this. So it's very expensive for what you get, or you're not in a board state to do anything about it. And the level three ability, like, eh. Well, that's the opposite of what you want. Once you've put your eight equipment onto a creature, you don't want it to be blocked. <laughs> yeah, In fact, yeah. some of those equipment are probably making it such that they cannot block it. You can you can just target your own thing, though, right? Yeah, sure, but it's a useless ability, is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually don't mind this card. I mean, I'm not super high on it, right? But like but you're like, just playing it as a two mana steel shapers gift, right? It's like open the armory the second. The, well, one that you can also get back with Savine's Reclamation sure. and like can play off your Luris if you're on Luris. I'm not going to make the joke about enlightened tutoring uh, for it though. That's beneath me. But what I will also mention is that I don't know if you're finding like a sword off this, like it, it kind of like I feel like this will like this will pay for itself fairly quickly. I'm not sold on it, sold on it, but like like how how many equipment decks are playing open the armory mm. like <laughs> few not yeah. uh well i don't know i gotta level it yet i haven't seen that many equipment decks out in the wild yeah in the past 18 months right yeah, yeah and they've gotten <laughs> so much so many tools in the past well 18 months and all the, you know and so many of them have been absurd that i think that when there's kind of like a restructuring when there's the convention and all the equipment players get together and share land I imagine that there's probably going to be like a massive amount of diversity. That's fair. Different ways to take it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I wouldn't begrudge anybody for playing this. I just feel it. It. I don't feel if you're making a list that's all killer, no filler, that fighter class is necessarily in your first 100. All right, that's a button on that one. Let's talk about Gretchen Titch Willow. This is a two mana zero four legendary halfling druid for a green and a blue. Has an activated ability two green blue. Draw a card. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. I like this card. Maybe a little bit dirtily, maybe a little bit slow, but if you're playing a lands combo deck, if you're playing like a slower, more all-in version, typically you're very vulnerable in the early game. So a 0-4 to clog up the board and, you know, hold pesky, aggressive red and white creatures back seems real good. And one problem that can happen in a lands deck is all land, no action. So having a, a mana sink that draws you cards and also possibly gives you the ability to, let's say, play your wasteland from your, you know, with your crucible one additional time. I don't know. I feel like this might be the piece missing to let you turn the corner when you're starting to stall a little bit. Any feelings or applications outside of that? I mean, no, I, to me, this is, this is that kind of card. This is another fighter class, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. That's I fair. I look at it and I'm like, you know, I feel like there's probably a world where this does see play, but at the same time, once people, you know, give it a shot, if like six months down the line, they're like, we tried it. It did a thing we wanted, just not well enough. Mm. It's card number 102 yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I can absolutely see that as well. I think it might be a meta call as well. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're too happy to see this against combo. <laughs> No, it's just a force to will. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Okay, next up we have another commander card. This is Clouth, the unrivaled agent. The seven mana 4-4 four, four legendary dragon for five, a red and a green. 
has flying and haste, okay. And whenever it attacks, add X mana of any combination of colors, where X is the total power of attacking creatures. Spend this mana only to cast spells. And until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. I would like to reanimate this card and then attack with it. That's kind of my game plan. And I think I'd like to cast a Tendrils of Agony as well somewhere down the line. Again, it, like it's, it's just another legend that gets to smash and add something that will lead to a certain amount of degeneracy. You know, we saw Asmodeus in black, the devil god as another kind of card. And like nothing's going to really beat Gristlebrand. Nothing's going to really beat Gristlebrand. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's not like, and, and it's not drawing cards, right? It's just adding mana. But sometimes you just need that mana to cast your Demonic Tutor to really get things going on or to cast your whatever it may be. And the fact that this has haste by itself means you don't necessarily have to go all in with your Gorio's Vengeance or your Shallow Grave. You could just reanimate this old school style and still get in with the attack. And that's kind of spicy. And then the more degenerate part of me goes, hold on a second. We recently got... Belladros Witherbloom, the well, the Witherbloom dragon that does some degenerate things as well involving mana, and that's also a dragon and also a legend. So what if we find ourselves in like a dragon tinfins deck with like dragon storm? Huh? Like I think this is more real than I'm making it sound. Because, like, these cards kill people. They're really nasty if you reanimate them, get them out quick. And, you know, Mizzix Mastery exists. And we already have other dragons that, you know, if you find them, they will kill your opponent. But this also just, the cards like this offer a different dim dimension on how that deck can approach killing their opponent or setting up or, you know, doing something without going all in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on to another one of the most probably known and beloved characters in the Forgotten Realm. Minsk! Oh, right there in the name, the Beloved Ranger. Minsk is a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three legendary human ranger for a red, a green, and a white. And when it enters the battlefield, you also get Boo! The Wonder Hamster, represented as a 1-1 red hamster token with trample and haste. And there's an activated ability X. Until end of turn, target creature you control has base power and toughness X and becomes a giant in addition to other types, but activate only as a sorcery. Wheeler. Well, Serge, I might not know too much about the lore. Uh, go for the eyes. That's all you need to know. Well, I was about to say this card, uh, if I'm a blue, blue player, I would hate to see a Minsk drop down and say, hey, boo, go for the islands. Um, <laughs> thank you. I assume everyone at home is now clapping in front of their computer or phone. Uncontrollably. This, uh, thank you. Two bodies on one card. Two bodies on one card. One of those bodies has trample and haste. That's pretty good. This has, I mean, Minsk has relevant creature types or well, a relevant creature type and an activated ability that is absolutely terrifying. That's just going to kill people. Again, it's something that you don't really have to put too much into it to make it be scary or to make it change the combat math enough that you are going to be in trouble if you're facing a Minsk. Yeah, and the decks that will play cards like Minsk are likely to play more mana dorks, mocks, and other kind of like cheaper accelerants without really ramping and having just that mana sink that will turn those mana dorks and whatnot into real deal threats is uh, kind of great. Kind of great. Hi, fla Flavor Judge Chair here. Uh -huh. um, the fact that Boo isn't a space hamster, I'm a little disappointed. This is like <laughs> the only bit of the lore I want. I've degen Baldur's Gate. 
a lot. It's a space hamster? I'm going to yeah. need you to explain. Boo is a miniature giant space hamster. Oh! that's that's That should be the type line of Boo. Yeah. Huh. Miniature giant space hamster. I mean, it does say it becomes a giant, so maybe there's a very subtle... Why I wasn't nit- nitpicking there, but oh, okay. there's no reference that Boo is a space hamster, so... Maybe the official Boo token has it, but yeah, that's fair. No, I, I literally have the official Boo oh, token no! in my hand. All right. Doesn't have it. It didn't have the room or um what's another word for that space oh there we go thank you <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. all right let's talk about another class the monk class this one casts for a white and a blue level one the second spell you cast each turn costs one generic less to cast level two for a white and a blue when it hits level two return up to one target non-land permanent to its owner's hand level three which is a white or pardon me one a white and a blue at the beginning of your upkeep exile the top card of your library for as long as it remains exiled it has you may cast this card from exile as long as you've cast another spell this turn overall i'm very medium on this card but but I want to try it in Enchantress. Enchantress is a deck where you're absolutely going to be casting a lot of spells. So the discount on the second spell is interesting. The level two mode has two kind of cute play patterns. One, you can protect yourself with it, which I think is more intuitive. But two, you can maybe try and loop it and re- you know return it to your hand over and over and over again so that you can replay it and potentially draw another card. There are some ways to go and create, if not infinite mana, then a absurd amounts of mana and enchantress so being able to draw multiple times from one card is kind of cool and the level three is fine as well but as we've said with fighter class and a bunch and gretchen before it when we actually get down we start brewing a whole bunch we'll see if this gets cut but if you're an enchantress player and you want to test it out by all means go for it does this have a home anywhere else probably not maybe maybe like oh i'm gonna hate myself the turns deck sort of thing like Mm. potentially but even then like just rebuying you know like it 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 has all the lines of text on it that could lead you to believe ah yes this could help me take extra turns but in a world of time walk ephemerate spell seeker on the low end and you know curb your enthusiasm the green blue ramp more traditional style probably not worth it all right. Next up, Orcus, Prince of Undeath, is a, this is hard, X, two, black, and a red. So four with a little X beside it. Mana, five, three, legendary demon with flying and trample. When it enters the battlefield, choose one. Each other creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn, and you lose X life. Or return up to X target creature cards with total mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. And they also gain haste until until end of turn jair this card is very good flying and trample are good keywords five power for four mana is good three toughness a little bit of a downside but yeah can't can't all be gravy and then the ability is is just that it's it's gravy i think the vast majority of the time you're just casting it for four and pretending the x ability doesn't exist but if it's late in the game and this is the only card in your hand you don't have other mana sinks you'll you'll pay six and maybe get back a two drop or pay six and kill some other mana dorks to make your attack better so yeah this this card's quite good once again not a mythic and kind of feels mythic though i really Mm. wish it were i really wish it were i think most (laughs) of my losses in this limited format involve an orcus yeah this card just ends games right yeah (laughs) 
Uh, let's talk about another commander card here. We have Prosper Tombbound is a four mana, one four legendary tiefling warlock, also a mythic for two, a black and a red. Has death touch, has an ability called Mystic Arcanum that reads at the beginning of your end step, exile the top card of your library. Until the end of your next turn, you may play that card. And another ability called Pact Boon, whenever you play a card from exile, create a treasure token. Ooh, Wheeler, what do you think? So I don't know if I, well, I know I'm not necessarily going to make the call that this is the best card in the set, but I think this is my favorite card in the set. The more I thought about this card in something like Mardu Monarchy or in like a, like just like, give me black, give me red and give me some kind of controlling element. Maybe throw some blue in there, but I, I'm more interested in a controller mid-range deck that, you know, doesn't have an underground sea in a volcanic island doesn't die to bolt one power and death touch is really all you need to get something done if you you know so it's it fends off attackers which is also pretty good if you got the monarchy or are looking to you know at least hold that you can actually protect it with your own caracas which is kind of a positive as well you can play lands off its first ability like it's not just cast it's play so this allows oh, wow. yeah you know it, it the fact that you get to just play i mean even if it was just spells you know that'd be pretty okay because you get the treasure tokens but the fact that if you have this exile this land and you manage to untap with prosper play that land you immediately get a treasure token right and that's if it's if you play this on four that's four to six that's a pretty reasonable jump and you're tucking the cards as well this one's not super relevant but it's kind of relevant you're like having these cards in exile is kind of slick like it's they they help dodge hand attack as well from your opponent so if they're trying to like you know see if the coast is clear then develop a threat or see if the coast is clear and then combo off or whatever you could very well exile like an even mind sensor an opposition agent a lightning bolt swords to plowshares yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff and get it yeah also a lot of red card draw recently has moved more into exiling stuff mm -hmm. the majority of the chandras for example so i think you're yeah. gonna get it more hits off of the second ability than you might think yeah absolutely it's not just going to be prosper which is just gravy like mm. that's i mean gosh any like your bone crusher giant your murderous rider you know adventure creatures i think technically flashback right so your faithless looting is going to get it for you too your smiting helix is that how flashback works? You put it into exile and cast it a second I think, time? I think you're casting it from the graveyard, but I could be wrong. Because Graph Digger's Cage stops you from casting. Oh, yeah. Flashback flashback you cast from the graveyard. Oh, it goes into exile, but it, you're not casting it from exile. Madness you cast from exile. Sorry. Yeah. I'm. You know what I'm doing? I'm thinking of a thing that involves a thing not technically coming from the graveyard to play, but mm. instead leaving the graveyard yeah. and then coming into play from exile. I'd digress yeah. <laughs> there are other ways of getting these treasure tokens yeah. yeah very cool very cool i wasn't that wasn't even on my radar so thank you for getting that one out of the commander product wheeler all right next up we have skeletal swarming this is a five mana enchantment for three a black and a green and has each skeleton you control has trample attacks each combat if able and gets plus X plus O, where X is the number of other skeletons that you control. And then at the beginning of your end step, create a tapped 1-1 black skeleton creature token. If a creature died this turn, create two instead. Wheeler. So this card, if you played against it in Limited, my condolences. But obviously Limited is a bit of a different format from Canlander. However, 
making trampling skellies is pretty scary if it gets going, but it is just a five mana enchantment that doesn't really do anything. So I like this card for flavor reasons and for power level reasons and synergy reasons only in a stacks deck surge. Yeah. Give me some smoke yeah. stacks. Yeah. Give me some skellies. Sacrifice one of the skellies to ensure that I get two more skellies. Oh. <laughs> and then you just get everything going. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to see. Also trample. Trample's pretty neat. So the neat thing about this card is it's not Boros, which is... <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like traditionally this, this we've had, what's this? This is the fourth copy of this card. Now it's in skeletons. Cause there was, oh God, what are all their names? At least well, there's two. Outlaws Merriment. Yeah. There's uh, Assemble the Legion. Those yeah. are the two big ones. I, I knew those two. I was being generous by saying one more. Maybe I was wrong about that. I mean, I wouldn't, oh, there's the, buh, 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 the face down one that isn't morph primal primordial thing, mist. primordial mist, but that's, I tend to consider that more of a, your dead card than a, one of these cards. That's a, that's a time walks card. Yeah. That yeah. card's absurd. The main thing being here that this is, this is not new to the format and even those aren't seeing a ton of play. Like you're not slamming this in the rock. <laughs> right. But this is in the colors for the abyss. That is true. And for Nether Void Surge. I, I mean, look, you're you're preaching to the choir there. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. No, we'll see. Yeah, all right. Maybe I do need a finisher in Pox. Mutavolt's uh, skeleton. Anyways, next up we have Targnar, the Demon Fag Knoll. For two mana, you get a legendary 2-2 Knoll for red and a green. Has pack tactics, so whenever it attacks, if you have six power or greater, all attacking creatures get plus one plus oh until end of turn, and an activated ability to a red and a green. Double the power and toughness until end of turn. Wheeler. Great to see Pro Tour Day 2 competitor Targnar getting some love on a magic card. And this both these abilities are relevant and good and kill people dead. I wouldn't, you know, phone home about this card. But if you're looking for, say, a gruel threat that gets better when you have other gruel threats, and in fact buffs those, and offers a mana sink with all that extra, you know, mana crypt and mox and mana you might have laying around, consider Targnar, Demon Fang Knoll. Next up, we have Trelasara Moon Dancer. This is a two mana, two, two legendary elf cleric for a green and a white, and says, whenever you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on Trelasara and scroll. Cry one. Ooh, Wheeler. This is the best apology letter we could have ever received from them holding back on more of Johnny's Pride Mates or printing Johnny's Pride Mates that are just literally called Johnny's Pride Mate. They finally made an, one with a different name and they also gave it, you know, an ability that is absurd. Yeah, they made it much better. Yeah, that's great. That's huge. I was going to say, a Johnny's Pride Mate was already constructed playable. Why did they need to make it better? I mean, it's a legend. It's a so, legend uh, for balance reasons yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh -huh. yeah, this card's pretty good uh -huh. i like it a lot i'm gonna play the ever loving crap out of this card mm -hmm. like yep. yeah you don't even need to be in a dedicated life gain deck honestly like it's obvious that's where it's at its best but if you're in a green white deck or an abzan deck that just you have those decks have life gain just hanging around if the you house. curve this into fit kitchen finks you're probably winning the game Ooh. Mm -hmm. yeah i, I um, like it yeah and scry oh yeah yeah, why Even does if, it scry? Well, because have you seen some of the garbage I play in these Soul Sister decks? Yeah, so now you, so now there's no cost. 
yeah like, exactly now i can get i can get to the very specific piece of garbage that i'm looking for <laughs> incredible all right let's move on to the triumphant adventurer this is a two mana one one human knight for a white and a black has death touch and as long as it's your turn it has first strike whenever it attacks venture into the dungeon jare this one i'm not so on board in it's like it's it's fine i guess but your opponent's not gonna block it and once again i think it sort of hinges on how good venturing into the dungeon is but i th i think it's gonna be pretty easy for your for if you play this and then you're like i'm gonna attack you with a one one for the rest of the game and your opponent's just gonna be like all right i <laughs> yeah, guess okay like yeah. cool I'll, I'll ignore that card and i just get to like yep you can venture into the dungeon every turn if you want to attack with it and then if you don't attack you're just sitting there with a one one death touch that you play the, the the rats typhoid rats for mm. one more mana yeah i don't know i i i this card screams not quite powerful enough to me but i agree with that all right let's talk about volo guide to monsters this is a four mana three two legendary human wizard for two a green and a blue and whenever you cast a creature spell that doesn't share a creature type with a creature you control or a creature card in your graveyard copy that spell share this just you know doesn't quite do it on power i'm kidding i think this card's quite good getting to copy that there, there's not a lot better than casting five mana creatures that'll make ben moan but getting two of them is even better that's that's like the ps de resistance i mean i'm i i'll let it slide for this because i'm absolutely on team volo <laughs> this was the, one of the first cards from the set where i was like oh yes i'd like to pre-order a foil showcase version mm. please and thank you yeah this, and then... this this card's just sick and it does it does lots of cool things it's gonna the ability is gonna be pretty easy to to go nuts with and it sort of reminds me of like master biomancer and i forget the name of the druid that like cascades off the first card you cast but rush me yeah rush me that the four mana dirtily blue green mm. creatures that like if they sit and play for too long your opponent they, they just want you to cast things and they're gonna kill your opponent by doing nothing and that's my favorite style of magic just like you're not inherently doing anything but your opponent's dying so <laughs> now out of curiosity do either of you have a home for this card right now picture this surge you're playing a blue green opposition deck and you have this volo oh, no. in play and you've managed to protect this volo but you're kind of down on cards and board having protected this volo and then you cast deep forest hermit a five mana one one that it's an elf druid so you're going to get an extra copy off your volo and it comes with four squirrel tokens and the card also just pumps squirrels so now <laughs> you have a board with eight three three squirrels and uh yeah okay all right that does sound kind of sick and you have won the game and you yeah. have won and you untap and then you win and i don't even think that's that's that far-fetched like or even just casting your beast thrag tusk yeah, and then yeah. you get another beast thrag tusk mm -hmm. have you ever you wanted 10 <laughs> have you ever wanted two whisperwood elementals like i mean obviously you can see the upside that you know it's written right on the card but it actually being able to pull it off in a game is the hoop you have to jump through for any of these synergy cards right but for blue i think <laughs> if 2020 green cards have taught us anything it's that no it doesn't matter nothing matters just do it just <laughs> jam it and i'm not even saying this to be cynical or funny or whatever just seriously these cards yeah. are just like like in there are certain color combinations and archetypes that will play a density of these cards where you just don't 
care because right. <laughs> it's put the onus on your opponent rather than you right, right. they like, have to answer this yeah it's i mean it does there is you know, right it dies to shock it gets caracas whatever but like they don't always have it and if they and don't they're dead mm. yeah yeah all right and the final card that we are going to talk about today is of course xanathar the Guild Kingpin. This is a six mana, five, six legendary beholder for four, a blue and a black and says at the beginning of your upkeep, choose target opponent. Spoilers is only one until end of turn. That player can't cast spells. You may look at the top card of their library at any time. You may play the top card of their library and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast spells this way. Jer. Discard's sweet. There's no obvious home for it is the big downside. It's it's very powerful and it has a good body, but there have been a sort of increasing number of like big, chonky, blue-black threats that you have to tap out to cast. And that's just not what blue-black really does in our format. So although it is sweet, I'm not sure there's a home, but I, I'd probably play it in like some like bug ramp deck or something, just like play something sweet. But yeah, that's the only only negative i have to say about this card is that it's a bit clunky and there's no real home for it that's fair all right probably my favorite part of a set review here is a final like final thoughts on the set overall wheeler it's uh you know a nice continuing power down in these standard legal sets without feeling boring and without feeling like you're really grasping for stuff you know like Strixhaven was kind of in the line of that too there's a lot of cards you know where you're like oh Prismari Command oh Sedgemore Witch but also just a lot of love to plenty of fan favorite decks and decks that you know aren't exactly top tier but they can rumble with the top tier and this just kind of pushes that further yeah i'm a, a big fan of the set big fan of the set jer me too yeah and i i agree with ben and just to add on a bit i i think the the most exciting sets to me are aren't the sets where you like you get like abrupt decay and assassin's trophy and cards like that that are just like ubiquitously good and are gonna make mid-range good stuff decks better it's the it's the or like we get like dark petition or underworld breach where like combo gets better it's just like a hit you over the head stupidly powerful card it's where you get cards like as ben was saying like a bunch of niche strategies get get better and like there's some things you could test out but it's like not obvious whether you're supposed to play it or not and that those are the most exciting sets for me to to see added is like you have to do a bunch of work you're not just like oh yeah i guess i need to buy these 20 cards because they're gonna go in every <laughs> deck i play for the next ever like looking at the set review the two decks that i want to build are red black pox or red black mark monarchy or red white equipment which is kind of fun but i mean i guess it's not par that far from part of the course for me the other thing that's a standout is the new creature lands and i think that's just an interesting reflection of the power level of the set and you're like oh monocolor two color decks got a new creature land that's fun to play around with just one more thing making wraths worse <laughs> yeah blue, blue and blue, blue, i think that like the large mechanics of this set you know, pack tactics and adventures slash dungeons being kind of not great in 100 card singleton. I don't know how else to phrase that, right? They're not going to make as big of a splash as Storm or Delve or anything like that. I think also helps balance the power level when you're looking at what kind of a lasting impression the set's going to have on our format yeah it's kind of wild where you know there are there are mechanics in this set but like at the same time not really yeah and i i like that 
Mm. Like, I honestly don't feel, I don't really miss much, you know? Like, pack tactics, we've seen stuff like that before. The rolling the D20s is the only real thing, but even then, it's just, like, primarily limited, right? Yeah. This is a, because this was supposed to replace the core set. So I guess mm. that kind of fits. Yeah. And I think they did a hell of a job. I mean, yeah. This sets gas. Absolutely. All right, my friends, with that, let's call it. Thank you very much for listening to our set review. Reminder, if there's any cards you thought we missed or that you just want to talk about or even just to say hi, let us know down in the comments below. Reminder, this set is brought to you. This set, this podcast is brought to you by you with your support over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. I've been Serge, joined by Jer and Wheeler. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.